With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. LaFondra looking to get side of Fon. LaFondra away from Davis! 3-1 running! Three points running! Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Royals preview podcast for Cardiff City. Another game on a Friday night, this time kicking off at an incredibly strange 6pm. Uh, I'm here with Matt Joy from the Reading Chronicle. How are you, Matt? Yeah, very well. Thank you, mate. How's it going? Uh, yeah, not too bad. I almost missed out on the plug there, but uh, you slipped in. It's all good. Uh, I get my hair cut tomorrow, so that's the that's the main thing. That's the main talking point of the pod, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, to be fair, we should probably start with something a bit more serious, which is the Liam Moore incident um, from Friday night. Um, I just want to add my name to the people who are kind of outraged about what happened. It shouldn't happen to our own player. It shouldn't happen to anyone else's player in this day and age. It is a completely indefensible situation. And I I, I just want to put, put my name out there to say that I agree with that. And then also to give my thoughts to Liam Moore and, and any other footballer that has to go through it, because it does seem an all too common occurrence at the minute. Precisely. And yeah, I'd, I'd add my name to that. And, you know, I would add my name to not just footballers, anyone who has to go through it in society. It's completely out of place in, in the, in 2021. It's, horrible to see and as I you know put to on Twitter Liam Moore not only is a, a huge um asset to the club he's a, he's a he sums up what the the club represents he's a thoroughly committed player on the pitch and you know not to mention a an utterly lovely bloke whenever I've had the uh, opportunity to interview him so yeah completely indefensible as uh, as you said and it yeah horrible to see and you you would have hoped that if anything at least Liam Moore, I hope, got the chance to before obviously he understandably deactivated his uh, social media account that he got an opportunity to see that the overwhelming support and outrage at, at the comments from, you know, the majority or if not all of the real Reading supporters out there. So, yeah, couldn't agree more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if there is a silver lining, something like this, it just goes to show that there are still good people in the world and hopefully, you know, views like this will just be something of the part. I mean, it always should be, but mm. yeah, let's, let's hope that it doesn't happen going forward. Um, so pivoting to slightly nicer, well, slightly nicer things, more football related things, but um, may, maybe not uh, overly joyful from a Reading uh, supporters point of view. The finances seem to have been published today and um, they make for grim reading, Matt. Yeah. Again, couldn't really <laughs> disagree with you there. You know, I think the loss was about forty-three million, or just over in the in the year ending June twenty twenty. So, you know, that's not even taking into account some of the losses that you know and the lack of revenue that Reading will face as a result of you know playing behind closed doors this year. There was a slight improvement on the year before, but um, as uh, you know, as discussed with Paunovic earlier today, he's you know very. Uh, he was very upfront and said this was, you know, an issue before I came in. It was people who were at the club in the years building up to this, and 
I think without meaning to name a certain name, you could probably fill in the gap quite easily. Um, yeah, it, it's not good to see, you know, it's the, the wage totals you do think that are, you know, very extortionate um, or they, they certainly are. If you look at the, the league positioning of the last few years, certainly not value for money, should we say. Um, yeah, it, it is worrying, but hopefully, you know, the, the, the ship has been steadied somewhat, although I, I suspect that this will be something that's not going to go away, you know, this time next year. I don't think everything's going to be plain sailing. But, um, yeah, it, not not the best thing to see, and I'm sure Reading won't be the only club or the last club to, uh, you know, be in a similar predicament when they when other clubs, you know, publish their their reports in the coming days and weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think this somewhat contextualises the the summer business and the fact that we didn't really do much in the winter as well. Um, it just seems like we didn't have the the space to manoeuvre. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, as much as it would have been exciting to bring in, you know, new additions, ultimately, you know, the, the stability and the, the financial well-being of the club has to be put to the forefront. And then, you know, perhaps in previous years under, you know, different stewardship at the, the top top levels of the club or the higher levels I should say of the club we we may have seen um, a more reckless approach so to show that kind of prudent strategy although it you know it, it's not perhaps you know exciting for supporters and it's not perhaps what they would want to see ultimately it it does make sense because it is a it's a necessary at the moment yeah well uh let, let's talk about actual football now. We're five minutes into the pod. We haven't actually touched on what's gone on in the pit. Um, a 2-0 loss to Watford is not the greatest thing in the world, but I think we both last week thought that it was going to be a tough game and it, it proved to be. Yeah, and, you know, Ishmael Asar showed his quality. Um, you know, Lewis Gibson struggled to get close to him, especially in the opening, you know, quarter of an hour or so. He, he really showed his class too. You have to say fantastic goals. Panovic after the game, you know, said that he has to pay tribute. They were, they were, you know, brilliantly hit goals, and he, he's not wrong. They were, you know, in the stadium, especially that second one. Um, the, you know, the, the the force that he put behind that ball, you just thought, my word, <laughs> you you've got to kind of. It's kind of like the uh, the Tom Lawrence goal for Derby a, a week or so ago. You've just kind of got to say, yeah, fair play. There's not much you can do about that. The sort of after that, the, the the half an hour after that, before the break, I thought Reading were better, were much better. In fact, there was certainly chances that you know Reading could have put away to uh, to at least have pulled one back. You know, you think of the Yakumato when he burst through and hit the side netting, Pushkas hitting the woodwork from close range. Um, but then after the second half, Watford sort of steadied the ship and then looked very organised, very disciplined, and very tough to break down. And no matter that how much Reading sort of huffed and puffed it, you you feel that you could have probably played that second half again straight after and it would have probably still remained 2-0. It was it was frustrating, but you know, they're one of the sides in the country who are, have the you know the best home records. It was never going to be an easy game. It was never one where you're going to come away from and think, you know, on paper Reading are the favourites. So these things do happen, but unfortunately it's come at a time of the season and, and you know, the results that have followed it certainly have, have made it look like a particularly damaging result. 
yeah, I mean, talking about Reading lacking some transfers, I guess when you've got someone who's worth four or upwards of 40 million starting in your team, that they're going to prove the difference in these kind of games. And I mean, our our most expensive player, George Pushkas, he did have a good chance to level, uh, or maybe not level, but at least bring one back. And th- those were the moments. Like it wasn't necessarily that Watford completely outplayed us the whole game, but I just thought in in the big moments they they came up came out on top. Yeah, precisely. I mean, the, the pushcast chance. It. What I would say is, you know, I, I don't necessarily know how it sort of looked on the on the television. Having, you know, I've not watched it back, but certainly in person, it did come to him very very quickly. It was a little bit behind him. It, it wasn't as guilt edged as you know it, it may look on not on paper, but you you know what I mean. It's yeah. Again, without without the context, it, it does think you think oh, it's an open goal. Is it the woodwork? Us head in hands moment, and by all means, he should have scored, but. It wasn't one of those where you think, you know, that's that, that's harder to, to to miss than school. Well, I, I think it's one where the commentator has kind of put it in everyone's minds, um, and you won't have heard this, maybe, but mm. he was he kept going on about how he how has he missed from there. But it, as you say, it came to him quickly. I think it took a bit of a deflection off the guy sliding in, which meant it kind of popped up a little bit. It it it, it was a good chance, but yeah, as you say, maybe not one that you're going to convert every every single day. But um, yeah, I mean, Paunovic sounded like, I, in the context of the season, it's obviously not a great result. But he was he was happy with the performance. Yeah, and and I don't think Reading did. I would agree. I don't think they did a lot wrong. The the only you know the errors again, not mean to single anyone out, but you know Gibson for the second goal, you could say gave the ball away quite cheaply. Um, but aside from that, there wasn't a, a massive deal of unforced errors. I thought you know. Watford probably made Reading look worse than they were at, at points, especially their their midfield. They were very good at, at closing down Reading in the middle of the park, and such was you know you, you play a team who are perhaps struggling for confidence. Michael Elise would have looked absolutely remarkable because he had a good game. Don't get me wrong, he had a very good game, but such was the quality of Watford, it, it stopped him from having an even better game. If that makes sense, you know he, he was gliding through a few players, but. A lot of the time, you know, he was so tightly, tightly marshaled. There was a few unforced errors in the sense of, you know, a few stray passes here and there. But ultimately, it's it's one of those where you're playing a team who, barring, you know, a spectacular um, end to the season, they will be up there in the Premier League next year. And based on that performance, you have to say they thoroughly deserve it. And based on, you know, the performances throughout the throughout the season, but it. Perhaps more, da- you know, more damaging was the the results that followed on Saturday and the result, you know, last night. Yeah, and I mean, what can you say? I think most Reading fans didn't expect to get something from Watford, but maybe they did expect results in other games to go their way, and it just makes the playoffs look like quite a tough ask now, doesn't it? It does, you know. That I wouldn't say that you know they're out of out of reach entirely. You look at the games; they're not easy. The ones that have got to come, the the one that you'd look at as the toughest one, Norwich on paper. You would have thought by the point that we go to Carrow Road, they will be promoted already. I would have thought. So perhaps you know some of their players may have one eye on the beach. Um, it's it's not out of the you know it's not out of the realms of possibility. And one thing I would say that 
you know, Reading are now in a, a position where they're chasing and the, the clubs that have gone on, you know, above them, clubs like Bournemouth, they've been chasing all season. So that mindset switch might allow Reading to play with a bit more freedom and it might also add a bit more pressure onto those sides who are in, you know, Barnsley and, and Bournemouth who are in fifth and sixth. Um, it's not an unassailable gap, but you would have thought that minimum 12 points would be required to, to get back into that top six from the last five games. Yeah, I think I, I'm now kind of in the mindset where if you've got to win every game and even that might not be enough. But to do that, it would be good to have our strongest team out. So we're going to pivot into the Cardiff match where Pauno has said that John Swift is probably going to be back, which can only be a positive thing. Yeah, yeah, he's played nine games this year, I think. That's it. And I saw a stat from, I believe it was Talk Reading earlier on Twitter that Reading are unbeaten in every game that he's played so far this year. He's shown his quality in all of those games. Yeah, it is a, it's a, another option and it'd be a welcome option for Velko Paunovic. Omar Richards also will be back in from the start, you'd have suspected. There was a few eyes cast at the fact that he didn't start against Watford Panovic after the game saying he was still sort of feeling the knock and he wanted essentially a a player in Lewis Gibson who was 100% to to come in from the off so yeah Reading have a a, a decent amount of you know fit and healthy players to choose from with the exception of uh, Araruna Morrison and and McIntyre it's Swift's come back at you know what could be a pivotal point but the thing is you know we could be talking this time next week if results go Reading's way, there's a two-point gap, and then it, things you know are, are looking very, very spicy in the last four games. So I'd say you know keep the faith in Reading. It is it's out of their hands, but at the same time that may play into Reading's hands given the the mentality of you know the change in positions. Yeah, I mean, obviously we we got the better of Cardiff earlier in the season. Um, I thought we looked pretty pretty good on that day. Are we expecting to to pick up another win here? Like, I, it, there does still seem to be optimism in the Reading fan base. Well, I think there should be. I mean, when Reading are on song, they are one of the best teams to watch in the division, certainly. And I wouldn't say that the, the Watford result should have knocked stuffing out of Reading at all. It was, as as we've alluded to, it was kind of a, an expected result. I, I would expect Reading to go into it with a you know all guns blazing. I think at times you could argue that Reading have been a little too cautious in some games or, you know, a little slow and ponderous on the ball. I don't think we'll see that based on, you know, what Paunovic was was talking about earlier and, and how he was sounding like he'll, he'll want to approach the game. Um, I think that's got to be the key for the next five games is Reading. They've got not the monkey off their back, but they, they don't have a let's not lose approach. It's a must-win approach. And it arguably should have been like that for some of the games where Reading should have won. They've dropped points. You, you think back to perhaps Wickham away and you know, Birmingham away uh, more recently. But you, you would have expected uh, Reading to go into it you know, with a gung-ho approach. And if they don't, and they don't get the result, I think that's when it's probably fair to question the tactics. Before we come to your score prediction, uh, there is one other prediction I'd like to get your take on, and that is player of the season. I saw you tweeting out your support of Josh Lawrence. Um, why? Talk us through it. I just think that, you know, Lawrence, he, he's made that step up seamlessly 
You know, he's been so impressive in the middle of the park. He's been one of the most consistent players. He's very rare that he, you know, drops a drops even not even a stinker, just drops a an average game. He's you know, his ability to shield the back line, his ability to drive Reading forward in the closing stages of games, you know, you'll see him go on marauding runs with 85 minutes on the clock and whereas some players who might not have his engine would be, let's just get the ball away and, you know, take a breath and prepare for the next, you know, uh, the next wave of attack if Reading are maybe holding on to it to a lead. I just think that his, basically his consistency has been one of the reasons for Reading's success. He's formed such a good partnership with Andy Rinomota in the middle of a uh, park who's by no means had a poor season. He's had a brilliant season as well. I just think, although you may look at, you know, Lucas Shell's goals, you may look at Michael Elise's quality. I think if you accumulated my player ratings and, and you know, got a, an average from every game this season, uh, Josh Lawrence would probably come out on top because I think, as I said, he's just been the most uh, reliable performer in this Reading squad, even if sometimes his his work and his good work goes unnoticed because it is the uglier side of the game. Yeah, I mean, I think I probably would go for Zhao. Like, Reading have been crying out for a striker who scores goals for so long that to have one and, and not pick him feels a little bit wrong. Um, so I would ask for Matt's score prediction, but he has just completely dropped out of the call. So I'll tell you my score prediction. Uh, I think that Reading are going to win. I think they're going to win convincingly. Um, so let's hope that a two a two nil victory uh, comes our way. Unfortunately, we don't have anyone from the Cardiff side of things today. But join Paul for the watch along, and we'll be back next week to talk through the Reading action.